0: The following podcast is a w2m network original production visit w2mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts plus news reviews articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling video games, football, and entertainment
1: Fuck Robert Taylor
0: <laughs> you
2: know he actually asked me to give you shit tonight but I'm not going to
1: give me <laughs> shit
2: <laughs> yes you you specifically. Uh, why 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 else hold on i should probably introduce who we are and what we're doing first here yeah probably yeah probably how this (laughs) works i'm possibly potentially manchester unitedly thank you for that by the way Hmm. i'll explain that in a few seconds Good evening, afternoon, whenever you listen, everybody, and welcome to the kickoff here on the W2M Network. I am your host. My name is Harry Broadhurst. The Manchester United fans that I was referring to are none other than the executive producer-turned-co-host Eric Watkins.
0: Oh, at least you can finally all just shut up about it in Liverpool. At least you better. If you bottle this, I swear... This will be the main thing until my dying day.
2: <laughs> oh, but you know they will.
3: Refer-
0: I
2: wasn't referring to the EPL in this instance. I'm referring to the fact that a former Manchester United academy player cost Shrewsbury the replay on Monday
3: in the FA Cup. Oh, I didn't even know about that.
0: He was one of us, oh, son of a
3: bitch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Nobody apparently, cares it, about fucking hockey or soccer or any of that bullshit.
2: Technically, we talk football on this show. Sometimes it's just with a U instead of the... Uh, never mind. <laughs> the, other, the other Manchester United fan that I was referring to is the per, uh, co-host turned executive producer, Brandon Biscabing.
3: Glory, glory, Man United! I can't really talk because they suck this year and apparently... Wait, I, I... I believe the proper way to say
0: that is glory, glory, middle of the table. Yes. Hey, 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 hey. The top four is still within reach. I True. would have loved it if we gotten a damn goal against Wolverhampton of all teams, but it's still within reach. And the soccer aristocrat,
2: the non conformist of the group, is the chairman of the W2M network, Jason Teasley.
1: Fuck Robert Tyler.
2: <laughs> we head back to where we started. Yeah, this is your Super Bowl wrap-up episode of the kickoff, and the 2019-2020 NFL
3: champions are the Kansas City Chiefs. Hey, Harry! Uh, hey, Harry! Harry, what time you is start
1: it? Start with this bullshit. You will be one less host tonight. What time is it, Harry? Uh, my my
0: my clock is broken. I'm sorry, Eric. What? Mine isn't. It's Mahomes time. It is indeed. All right,
3: so I guess
0: you have your
1: one.
2: (laughs) Yeah, let's go ahead and actually discuss the game now. Um, Final score of 31 to 20 as Kansas City comes back from a 20 to 10 deficit at the start of the fourth quarter in order to score three times unanswered to win the game outright in (laughs) regulation.
0: Jimmy G Um, blew it. All y'all, everybody, oh, you want to bet the over. Oh, you hammered the over. All of y'all throughout the public and at the books and online were betting the over. Fuck all y'all. I warned you.
2: Eric was the only one to hit the predictions as far as the winner and the over-under line here. But Eric did not win our SB parlay. We'll talk about that a little bit later on because somebody's ego doesn't need fed yet. All right. So a couple of things to discuss from, from the game here. Um, Patrick Mahomes voted MVP, which is a farce. It should not have happened. That MVP reward should have went to Damian Williams.
1: Yeah, I agree with that.
2: Oh,
3: I have to agree with that. But I mean, you know, in this modern NFL, it's a quarterback league. They're going to give it to the quarterback anyway.
0: Ten of the last 14 Super <laughs> have been quarterbacks. I can make a case either way. What the hell
1: is that? Yeah. Somebody's thrown a goddamn egg.
2: Wait, hold on. Are we having some static
1: issues? Yeah.
0: I like mine scrambled with paprika, please.
3: All right, hold on. Let me
0: try something
3: here. I like, I like my eggs further-wise. Okay, that now it just went away. So it's uh, now it's back. I think it's on your end, Harry.
2: I think it might be my new headphones. Hold on. Hmm. Uh, apologies for the audio difficulties, there, everybody. Tried a new pair of headphones tonight. Obviously, not up to snuff. So we go back to the old pair of headphones here. All right, so let's talk some specifics from this game here, Eric. You were mentioning the fact that ten of the last super, ten of the last fourteen Super Bowl MVPs have been quarterbacks. Here, I want an honest answer from you. Do you genuinely think Mahomes should have been the MVP, or do you think it should have went to somebody like a Damian Williams who had arguably the biggest game of his career?
0: Because of the late game heroics themselves, I would have given it to Damian Williams. If you're looking at the overall body of work, his was just a little bit better. But again, the touchdown run and touchdown catch, no matter what Niners fans said, that really tipped the scales. But in the minds of the voters and everybody there, I think they looked at how they came back through the air, mostly and the early touchdown run at the beginning of the game. So, I would have gone Damian Williams, but I get why Mahomes was the choice. Also, shout-out to Honey Badger for being the Chiefs team MVP this year.
2: That, I will admit that that secondary is much improved after the arguably downright offensive defense they had last year. Hmm. All right, Jason. I know you don't want to give Kansas City credit, but what specifically about the Chiefs' performance in this game impressed you?
1: No, I mean I'll give Kansas City credit, but I still say fuck Robert Taylor. But um, I mean, the Chiefs uh, did what they set out to do. They set out to win the game. They didn't. They didn't falter. They got down early. They stayed. Tried and true on their game plan, they didn't deviate from it. Uh, Mahomes, I mean, I will give the the kid credit. Um, he he led that team. Like I said, I don't think he should be MVP, but he did lead the team, and you know he didn't. He seemed he didn't falter down the stretch. He came out. He got uh, a lot of nerves got to him and stuff. I think that first half, but the second half, he came out poised, came out and was the rock that the team rallied around. He made, he made some amazing throws, uh, completions. He made good decisions, even though he did have two picks and I'm pretty sure one of them, I mean, I pretty sure that he's seen the DB there and just wanted to try to put it through his chest. But, um, I I think DeWarrus getting the Super Bowl win was well deserved. I mean, I don't think he's one of the greatest coaches of all time. Do I think that he's a good coach? Yeah. But pump the brakes on any any other word, using Andy Reid in the greatest in the same sense.
2: Well uh I would I, real quick, I would certainly argue that this solidifies Andy Reid's Hall of Fame resume, does it not? I would have to say I, yes.
1: I, I don't I think he would have got the Hall of Fame even without a Super Bowl. I mean, it, I think it, it, this cemented his Hall of Fame candidacy, but I think even if he never got a Super Bowl, he would have still made the Hall of Fame. I still, Like I said, I, he's still a good coach. I mean, he's a, a great offensive mind. Granted, he has had some hiccups when he made the playoffs. For regular season, he's one of the, the better coaches of NFL past playoffs. He kind of faltered. I think the best thing happened to Andy Reed is he actually had a decent coaching staff with extensive playoff history, you know, to rally around and keep him even killed where he didn't have to over exert himself across, you know, offense and defense. He could just concentrate on the grand scheme instead of trying to micromanage. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm going to kind of counter that a little bit.
0: If you were to look at not just the stats, but particular players, especially at quarterback, we can agree Donovan McNabb was above average in his career. Yes? Mm -hmm. Of course. Okay. You can get so far with above average at quarterback and closer to average most of the time surrounding that quarterback, regardless of what side of the ball. And that's where Andy Reid, he kind of hit that wall. It's like, okay, I know what to do. I know how I can scheme and spend my time, especially crafting the beginning offensive script try to get all of my opponent's weaknesses in those 15 plays and go from there. But with the level of talent, you can only execute with so much. Now when he has this next level of talent, he's finally able to punch through. So that's why I think, yes, this was the time to where if he were to ever win it, it would have been now. Nobody's calling I mean, him the greatest, but... The argument of, oh, well, he did this, he did that, and blah, 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 can now be ended because he has the Lombardi trophy.
2: Okay, so, Brandon, I'm going to come to you with this because you've been arguably the biggest proponent of Mahomes on this show this entire season. Mm -hmm. Did you know four turnovers from Patrick Mahomes in
3: this game? Yeah. Oh yeah, I knew that, and that's the reason why I do and, actually agree and, with you. Okay, hold on,
2: hold go on, because there's something else here. Okay. And a San Francisco defense that shut down his rushing ability. Mm-hmm. Do you think that possibly they may have shown a bit of a design on how to potentially beat a Patrick Mahomes-led Kansas City offense?
3: To an extent, yes, but especially on the turnover end. I think it was more of a case... Yes, I'm not taking anything away from the San Francisco defense. They were amazing. And yes, I think other teams can certainly take things away from this game as a way to potentially limit Mahomes' abilities. But I think it also didn't help... Mahomes is still only in his second season. And he's already in the Super Bowl. This was a big moment. A lot of those turnovers were in the first half and in the first quarter. So I think a lot of that had to do more with Super Bowl jitters more than anything else. And then once he calmed down at, after the half, then he showed what he could really do. And San Francisco well, correct- had problems stopping him.
2: Eric, correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't the one really bad interception actually at the start of the third quarter?
0: Oh, uh, yes, but and that was his second one of the night. But uh-huh. to his credit, after, if you look at his statistics, after that second interception, where start of the third quarter, you're really trying to get momentum this and that, and that's where San Francisco really tipped the scales more in their favor. After that pick, 8 of 13, 141 yards, if I remember correctly, two touchdowns?
3: I think you're right, yeah.
0: Right. So the fact that he was able to recover from that at such a big state, because you got to remember, he was the third youngest quarterback to start a Super Bowl. Youngest ever to win a Super Bowl MVP and a regular season MVP. Like second youngest ever to win a Super Bowl. So you're going to have jitters in this case. It's how you step back from that. Now, do I think this laid a blueprint? Yes. But at the same time, Houston laid out a blueprint, Tennessee laid out a blueprint. Look what happened. You've got to, if you're going to have this blueprint, you've got to execute for 60 minutes. That, yeah, you. well,
2: was, real quick, Brandon, okay. real quick, just because that was actually going to be my next point here. The fact that this was Kansas City's third straight comeback at 10 points or more in this postseason, having done it in all three of their games, the divisional round, the conference championship and now Super Bowl LIV. Does this establish that perhaps he's the best clutch quarterback in the NFL at the very
3: least? I would have to say yes, because what I was going to say was it's showing in these last three games that he is very good at understanding what a defense is doing against him, what their strengths are against him, and, and he has to adapt to that situation. And he's done very well at adapting and conquering in three straight games. So it's a situation, I'm not sure if clutch would necessarily be the right word. Yes, he is certainly clutch. But I think it's more adaptable and fluid in terms of the way he plays. And being able to realize, okay, this is not working to our favor, they are take they are taking advantage of what we are doing currently. We have to change our game plan and go a different route. And I think and and, and, I, think, and I think defenses have to realize that that's going to happen and realize that they have to change their game plans against him as well.
0: And I, and I just want to say this kind of real quick. Number one, first team to ever win the Super Bowl, having accomplished this. Ten, double three straight double-digit comebacks in a single postseason. And second of all, the fact that Mahomes adapts like he does, but doesn't completely abandon his style of play, he makes tweaks rather than wholesale changes, mm-hmm. that is really the most impressive because we've even seen guys like Lamar Jackson you're down at a certain point, you total scrap rebuild, do everything different the rest of the game. Then it's a lot easier, and you box yourself into a corner when you can do that. If you keep your defenses, like Bisco said, guessing, still having to play for these certain things and keep your advantage, even though you don't always do that in the fourth quarter and be clutched. The fact that you can fix it on the fly and make these comebacks—that makes you very, very dangerous. All
2: right, Jason, I'll ask you the same question here in terms of clutch factor. Here, does this cement Mahomes as the the NFL's current clutch quarterback?
1: I put him top three. I mean, <clears throat> if you're down seven with. You Know, uh, the length of the field to go, I, I would say that you know, I would trust him enough to be in my top three, um, quarterbacks to lead me down the floor, field for a, um, for a victory. I mean, I still, I would still put, you know, TB12 and, uh, Rodgers in, in that conversation. I would, but you know, was, they, they, they are going toward the twilight of their career. So, um, But I mean, I still would trust them over Mahomes, simply because of the maturity level. And you know, if you had, if you put either one of them behind that with that receiving core, that's scary. I mean, Mahomes, I I I do harp on Mahomes, uh, but I will give him the credit. But he does have some talented receivers. I mean, he's got probably the fastest wide receiving core in the NFL and one of the premier tight ends. I was going to say, I, I was going to say
2: here, I think that people are discounting the fact that, yes, as good as Mahomes can play, and yes, he's been spectacular at times. However, there have been some really dumb decisions made throughout the course of these last couple of seasons as well. But let's factor in that he has probably one of the, I would argue at least at the very least, five best wide receivers in the NFL in Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. probably the best tight end in the NFL in Travis Kelsey.
3: Hmm. Yeah,
2: I I I could agree with that. Damian yeah, Williams I'll came out. Dam, Damian Williams came out of absolutely nowhere this year for that rushing attack because everyone was expecting Lashawn McCoy to be the guy up in Kansas City after they cut Kareem on after his off season activities. That being said, undrafted Damian Williams was the big story. Let's now switch our focus over to the other side of the football here. Jason, you're Jimmy Garoppolo. What lessons are you learning from this game?
1: Uh, not to listen to my head coach and actually take initiative to win a game rather than play to play to win rather than playing to maintain a lead. Eric,
2: same question. You're Jimmy Garoppolo. What do you take away from this game?
0: Uh, right now... I know what I can do. It's like, hey, I can go ahead and I can put together these three quarters. I know I've really got to, in a similar fashion to Jason, take command. It's like, okay, I know these throws that I can make and these things. I'm not always going to get the breaks, not always going to get the best play calls, but I got to work with that.
3: (laughs) Take charge when
2: I have to. Brandon, would you like to answer the same question, or would you like a different one that I have about the Niners as well?
3: Um, I can a- answer the same question, and if you want me to toss that other, qu- if you want to toss that other question, you certainly can. But in terms of Garoppolo, right, in terms of Garoppolo, I think it's basically what Jason and Eric have been saying: you have to play all four quarters.
2: It was clearly a different Jimmy G in the fourth as he was playing to conserve that 20-17 to lead that they were clinging on to rather than attempting to move the offense like he had done in the first three, and especially in the third when they took that 10-point lead. Mm -hmm. All right, now here's the question that I have for all three of you as well. So we talked about this from from, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's perspective. Let's look at this from Kyle Shanahan's perspective. We saw what happened with Dan Quinn in Atlanta after the 28-3 to debacle against New England here. Does this fall is that Dan Quinn style debacle for Kyle Shanahan does this tarnish his head coaching legacy or do you think that this is something he'll recover from? I Brayden, think and I'll start with you.
3: I think that all depends upon what happens in the future because if Dan Quinn had come back the next season and was able to lead the Falcons to a Super Bowl victory then we wouldn't be talking about it at this point. It would be, you know, dead and buried because he had learned from it and and used it as a way to get better, uh, but he didn't. So that's why we're still talking about it. Uh, and I think the same thing has to go with Kyle Shanahan. It he has to realize that okay, this is a learning experience. This has to teach me that I can't you know sit back on my laurels. You know you hear it all the time. The best teams, no matter what the score, win or lose play hard, play at 100% all four quarters. And if Shanahan can learn that and realize that you can't take your foot off the gas pedal in any game, no matter what the score is, then, then I think they'll be able... They've got the talent, certainly, to get back to this position, and I think they'll be able to win a Super Bowl at some point over the next couple of years. And then once they do that, then no one will remember what has happened this year. Eric, same question. Is this to Kyle
2: Shanahan what the 28-3 game was to Dan Quinn?
0: Um, As I say this, having recovered from brief awe in seeing a Jägermeister cold brew coffee commercial on TV and wanting to go out to my nearest total wine and pick up a bottle, I'm going to say this. Believe it or not, I really don't think the 28-3 to three calls as much on Dan Quinn as that did on Kyle Shanahan. Lest we forget, Shanahan was the offensive coordinator in that game. Shanahan was the one calling plays. Look at this from this perspective. He's been the man doing this, guiding the offense, calling the plays twice in two the two biggest blown leads in Super Bowl history. That the- one really kind of haunted him as it was. I don't think he comes back from this unless he can go ahead and fully flush. Now, both of these from his memory, he's got a chance, but if all of this starts haunting him even more and it changes his play calling style, he's never going to be the same.
2: All right, Jason, slight, uh, slight amenity to me asking you the question. You ready? Yeah. San Francisco came into this game at 15 and three, but obviously the way that the game ended having the 20 to 10 lead evaporate the way that it did, do you consider this do you consider the season a failure if you're a San Francisco 49er fan?
1: I don't consider it as a complete failure. I mean, I've seen a lot of progression uh with, you know, Jimmy G. I mean, there's a star in the making in Debo Samuels. Uh Kittle is, you know, getting better every game. Uh that defense, that defense is coming around i mean do i see it as an absolute failure or no do i see it as a stumbling block yeah but i see a lot of growth through the season and a lot of room to grow and they're just going to keep getting better and learning from mistakes and study and feel so the 49ers have a bright future the 49ers actually
2: outrushed Kansas City in this game, 141 to 129. Most start had 58 yards. Debo Samuel had 53. My pick to lead the game in rushing, Tevin Coleman, had 28 yards on five carries. Eric. Yeah. Sorry. Homer's excited on my Simpsons tapped out. <laughs> that was that hey, Be- you just
0: be- better be- that sound effect than some of the game for some of the sound effects from when I play Empire, so.
2: <laughs> Speaking of which, have any any of you guys tried Madden Mobile?
0: No. It's actually no. not bad. Hmm. I have, even like way, way back in the day. It's, I love the improvements that they've made. The only issue I have, though, is that it's not
2: available in the Amazon Fire, st-
0: in the Amazon store. So, like, I can't
2: put it on my Fire, my, my Kindle, and I can't play it on there. It has to be played on, a, um, on an Android device now hmm. or an um, Apple device. If,
0: now, if they do that to where they hook it up to where you would play, like, a game with a game controller, like on a Stadia or something like that, then we're definitely talking next level.
2: All right, let's get back to the question that I was about to ask. As I mentioned, most start led the team with 58 yards. Samuel had 53. Coleman had 28 himself. However, I don't think it's arguable that the breakout performance from the running back position came from Kansas City and Damian Williams. Um, He wasn't the starter coming into this season. He'll obviously be the, start, the starter going into next. Jason, did Damian Williams just guarantee himself a long-term contract in the NFL
1: with this performance? Uh no, I thoroughly look for Kansas City to draft a running back this coming draft season, and I don't think that Kansas City has the hopes that everybody else does for Williams. Um, I think that the fact that he did sputter throughout the season. Uh, and then you, I mean, I'm going to throw a name out there, uh, Darwin Thomas, uh, who is also a talented uh, running back in Kansas City, but did suffer uh, going IR uh, and didn't really get his time to shine. I think Kansas City doesn't have faith in him, but I think some other team may try to acquire him, and he starts somewhere outside of Kansas City and Kansas City actually takes a running back in this draft.
2: Eric, same question. Did Damian Williams secure a
0: long-term future with Kansas City with his performance in Super Bowl LV? I would not say long-term, because if we're looking at the nature of offenses and we're looking at the nature of the game, let's face it, with all the talk of Mahomes, being potentially the first ever $200 million player. I've thrown out some numbers I've had. Brett Veach has said, since he looked at him after a 66-10 loss at Texas Tech to Iowa State, and since he drafted him, he's had a plan to pay Mahomes. I really think this offense is going to be more built around him and the ability to pass. Unfortunately, while this means that Darren Williams had a great story, has this ring. I agree with Jason. If he has a long-term future, which I really believe it will, it will be outside of Arrowhead. There's no way that they can give him them, give Mahomes the money, work around and get other receivers and everybody else, which they're going to do, and keep Darren Williams. With running backs, they're going to go like other teams. In the draft, get them on the cheap, see what happens. Because remember, Williams himself was undrafted. You could probably strike gold again.
3: Brandon, same question. Um, well, are you talking just by the Chiefs, or are you talking overall? Because I have an answer on both ends. Basically, you're agreeing with them that it won't be in Kansas City, well, but he lands elsewhere. I I'm not sure. What I will say he has one final year left on his contract with Kansas City next year before he's a free agent. Next year, and I don't know because he he was an undrafted uh you know, player that they just signed. But I would assume that the the um franchise rules still still apply. Uh that, that
0: depends. The franchise rules, not necessarily, but also keep in mind, next year is a CBA year. And there's already been a lot of talk of the different changes that are going to be for players' revenue and things like that. I'm sure there could be at least some measure of tweaks to the franchise tag
3: process. Because my thought is this. No one will give him a big contract just off of one game. But if he continues playing at the level that he played during the Super Bowl and during the playoffs this year in the first half of next season, I think can either Kansas City will try to franchise tag him in order to keep him under their control, or if they do not decide to t- sign him as Jason and ha- and uh, Jason and Eric are, are mentioning, that I think he will certainly, as long as he has a big season next year, he will get a big contract from someone at the end of 2021.
2: Speaking of Damian Williams and his long-term potential income, Did you guys hear about the Jimmy Kimmel story? Mm -mm. No. Jimmy Kimmel, uh, Damian Williams was a guest on Jimmy Kimmel Live, and Jimmy Kimmel asked him about the jersey swap that he had with Raheem Mostart at the end of Super Bowl LIV. Mm -hmm. And Kimmel was kind of busting his stones about it, saying that Yeah, your jersey's probably going to be worth a whole lot more than his is after that game. And Williams actually says, yeah, when I came back home after the game, my mom asked me where the jersey was. Well, it's come out, and this is from ESPN.com, that Raheem Mostart has offered to swap jerseys back with Williams in order to give the jersey back to Damian Williams. So this brings me to a question about jersey swaps for you guys. Do you guys like the tradition of a jersey swap, or do you think it's something that time has moved on from? Eric, I'll ask you first.
0: I like it in soccer. I like it as sort of a big thing, especially if a player is retiring. You get that last bit of momentum. But aside from that, nah, it's leave it for kind of those two moments. And to be honest, outside of really big international matches, you don't even see the jersey swaps in soccer anymore. So it's a special time and place, but I don't think this in particular was that right time or place.
2: Well, it's funny that you mentioned that, because I feel like we might be seeing some domestic jersey swapping going on in the EPL real soon.
0: <laughs> um, oh,
1: just, at least MLS. It's, it's, it's better? better. It's better than seeing domestic violence in your home.
2: Jason, same question in regards to the jersey swaps. Are you in favor of them? Are you against them? Do you really not care either way?
1: Uh, I'm all I'm for it. I mean, you got to look. Um, I think it's one of those things that is just kind of respectful. I think, though, I think it should kind of lean toward – Older players, like Eric was saying, like if it's a player retiring, you know, like a Brady and a Manning jersey swap, I could see, you know, like or or you know, like Eli Eli Philip Rivers, something like that, or Roethlisberger with one of the quarterbacks that he came up with. I think it it means more when that happens. Now, being every game, I don't. I'm kind of think it gets watered down. I think it should mean something when it happens rather than just be a, a prop for, you know, self-promotion.
3: Brandon, I'll ask you next. Your
2: um, thoughts on the
3: Jersey swap. Yeah. I mean, I'll agree with, uh, what both Eric and Jason had to say for the most part. I also do think kind of similar to, you know, the reasoning for why we're talking about this. Um, in a big game like that, I don't like it. I understand to an extent, I guess, why some players might like to do it. But you would think that you would think that these players would want to have a memento to save for what they've accomplished, getting to the Super Bowl, all of that, the Jersey With the patch on it and all of that. So for a game like this, I really don't get it. Because you would think, wouldn't you want to save your own jersey from a game like this? Especially when, you know, granted I think these two teams will probably end up making the Super Bowl sooner rather than later again. But you never know in the NFL... So wouldn't you want to have that memento for potentially your only time in the Super Bowl?
0: Especially since well, I... both of them were undrafted. Mm-hmm. Well, and
2: I think that was the respect that was shown between the two of them on the original jersey swap, is the fact that they were two undrafted players that made it all the way to be the starting running back for their respective teams. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's talk postseason awards from the NFL, shall we? Okay. These will have nothing to do with our postseason awards. These are just the awards that were officially handed down at the NFL Honors here. Lamar Jackson, MVP for the 2019-2020 season. Eric, buy yourself.
0: I want to buy it, especially because it was unanimous. I understand but if I were to really go with my honest feelings, I would sell. My vote, especially with how... Not asking who, we're saving that
2: for next week because we're going to do our year-end awards.
3: Okay. Jason, okay.
2: Same, Jason, same question, buy or sell. Lamar Jackson is the MVP.
1: I'm buying it. I think he had the, a great season. He... Deserved it. Deserved the recognition. He totally elevated his game from last year. He showed the improvements that needed to be made in his game. So I'm buying it 100%. Brendan, buy
3: yourself. If we're just talking regular season-based, you got to buy it. I mean, the amount of improvement that he had from last year and the... I mean, if you really think about it, what is M V P supposed to be? It's the most valuable player for your team. The the amount of uh, the the amount of value that he brought to the Ravens and how much improvement the Ravens had as a result of his improvement, you gotta give it to him. See, I'm going to disagree. I'm
2: going to say no, and my MVP is probably going to surprise a lot of people because of the fact that he played on a subpar team. But I don't think there's any question. I about know him.
3: exactly where you're going, and I completely, I know, you. I know where you're. Going. I completely disagree because of exactly what I just said. Under 500 teams are automatically disqualified for me because you did not really help your team. Okay, well, but it, I don't think well, it's going to
1: be me, an under five
3: hundred team. Um, uh, no, it is. I know exactly uh. who he's talking about, and okay, I will well, watch we'll him on well, a then, weekly wait, basis. Eric,
2: Eric, stop! Yeah. One second, no,
3: because I want to see if he's actually as correct as he thinks he is. Let me okay. just say this: Is it a team that I'd be able to watch on a weekly basis here? son of a bitch yes see i told you i know exactly who you're talking about yeah he's 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 correct oh yeah
0: and, and oh, this I, know, is, I know who
1: it is yeah.
0: just for especially for bisco's sake when you hear my argument next week you will understand i am going by your exact line of thinking just with someone else
3: Okay. But, Fair well, enough. I'll, I'll expand I'm going to pick know what?
1: I'm going to pick Eric's. All right, you know what? I know Eric's.
2: You know what? We can rehave this debate again next week. I'm I'm curious now. It's going to get the better of me. For those of you who haven't figured it out by now, I'm referring to Christian McCaffrey as my MVP this year. And the reason I'm voting for Christian McCaffrey is this, yes, the Panthers were god awful towards the end of the season. But the Panthers got off to a very strong start at the beginning of the season until Cam Newton went down injured. The Panthers at one point, if I'm not mistaken, Eric, were 5-2. and two. Yes. And every single bit of that 5-2 and two was because of Christian McCaffrey with a quarterback who was a rookie in the NFL in Kyle Allen who did not know his ass from a hole in the ground by the end of the season to a receiving core that had a bunch of no-names on it to a defense that completely and entirely collapsed in the second half of the season, McCaffrey set became only the second player in NFL history to join the 1,000-1,000 club.
0: Not, not to mention what he did for just number of receptions, and let's face it, that defense collapsed when Rivera got the boot.
2: Let's talk about it this way, Brandon. You mentioned very specifically your exact words were who made the biggest difference to his team throughout the course of the season. Did you not? Yes, but I just think that... If you take take Christian McCaffrey off of the Carolina Panthers, they challenge the Lions and the Browns 16 this
3: year. Oh, I agree with that. But at the same time, if you take Lamar Jackson away from the Ravens, they're probably an 8-8 team if not under 500.
2: I disagree with the way that RG three played in Jackson's absence because RG three basically ran the exact same offense that Jackson did. Yes. He doesn't have the legs that Jackson does now, but I would argue that RG three has a better arm than Lamar does.
3: Fair enough. We'll talk about this more next week. I'm sure. Jason,
2: would you like to get into yours right now? Or do you want to save it for next week?
1: I know he was itching to guess mine. Uh, I know I can guess, Eric's. I, I said I would be. Mine would be Lamar Jackson. Okay. And then, who do you think is Eric's? I think Eric's is a quarterback in the AFC South. No. Oh, really? Really? See, because because I think I think there's a middle of the road quarterback on a team that elevated his team, became the most valuable player on his team. Are you referring to and, Tannehill? Yes. I think he could have been in the argument just based on what Brandon said he should have been. It, it's uh, the player that is the most valuable player of your team and elevates your team. Without Tannehill, that team was trash. When Tannehill came in, that Tennessee team turned around and. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I would Tannehill agree with that. Something else. Not MVP. I was,
2: I was about to say, I have a funny feeling we'll be mentioning Tannehill's name on a different award mm. next week. Mm-hmm. The same one that he got from the NFL honors. I won't specifically mention it because I don't want to give it away. But, yeah, I have a funny feeling that we're going to um, be talking about Tannehill next week. Eric, do you <laughs> want to reveal yours or do you want to wait until next week to
0: do so? I'm going to be that guy and do a deep tease till next week. Let yeah. everybody be thinking. Alrighty then.
2: A um, couple of other things to discuss here. We hit an NFL honors there like I wanted to. I just basically wanted to discuss the Lamar Jackson thing from that. I talked about the Raheem Moe start Damian Williams thing, which I got a kick out of just because I thought it was funny. Let's talk XFL, gentlemen. Jason, I know you work on Saturday. However, the first two games are Saturday at 2 o'clock and 5 o'clock. Even though you can't watch them live, will you be recording them to watch them later?
3: Uh,
1: I'm not going to record it. I'm going to watch the highlights. Hopefully, you know, with it being football, maybe I can, and it being a Saturday and work being kind of, kind of slow and everything, might be able to talk talk them on flipping the flipping it over while I can catch a little bit of it while I work. But as for recording or anything, no, uh, I will catch the highlights. I may catch a uh, replay of it if you know if the buzz surrounding it is there i will you know i might catch a replay but i mean i just don't i know i am going to be covering it and covering some stories with it me and eric Carr. uh but you know um i think i'm just going to watch highlights look at the biggest stories and then if it generates enough buzz t- to actually uh get me to record and watch games then that's when i'll, I'll get fully invested i I just don't want to be have my ho- hopes set up so high and be let down like I have with previous incarnations of uh, leagues outside the NFL.
2: Eric, same question. Will you be watching
0: live? And if not live, will you be recording it to watch later? I will indeed be watching it live. Now, if my schedule will changes, then I will have to record it and watch it later. But as plans currently stand, I'm going to be watching those first two games live. And I was basically I'm taking the same approach as I have with past leagues outside of the NFL. I was immediately amped up when the sadly defunct Arena Football League, thanks to NBC, moved to the start of their season right after the Super Bowl because it gave me a nice transition. And AFL NFL or AFL CFL NFL cycle with other leagues like the AAF. I was excited and then sat in when I was watching the Twilight Days really before it got started. But yes, I am always of the mindset and I out of even sheer curiosity am going to be like, okay, how is all of this because of the hype really gonna work? And will these first couple of games really be set up to start catching that in?
2: Brandon, same question. Will you be watching live on Saturday?
3: I mean, I probably won't be watching with nearly as much intensity as I would an NFL game. But I'll probably, you know, flip channels and when I get to it, I'll probably watch you know at least some of the game some of the games on on saturday yes and (sighs) i
0: will say my answer is a bit more biased because i've already joined two xfl fantasy leagues they have xfl
3: fantasy leagues already yeah on what Uh, uh, site
0: they're already like bro you (laughs) can You could probably get into
2: a fantasy league for pretty much any sport you could imagine. I, I would assume that there's, like, fantasy cricket
3: leagues over in, like, New Zealand. <laughs> probably.
0: There are. Speaking you know, when, of no,
4: when, when, they
0: get, when they get the Russian booty slapping in fantasy, then I'll really be a degenerate. But we're not there yet. FanDuel, if you're listening, you need to talk. <laughs> I,
2: I'm not even touching. Family <laughs> show. <laughs> I, I
0: didn't have the words. I just figured I'd do more. All right. Look, um, I'm going to go to Look at Nin Explains. Top 10 Weirder Sports Part 3. You'll understand what I'm talking about. I've actually seen the clip before. The first girl to cry
2: loses. I've seen the clip.
0: <laughs>
2: the fuck is wrong
0: with him? Anyway. <laughs> A lot. <laughs> I, look, I'm on. I'm just saying, not there's much money to be not. made. And as a fan FanDuel sports book, you're trying to expand throughout the states. As more states legalize, why not that be something where gentlemen like myself could potentially wager upon it as well? Damn it, it's a money maker sitting right there, right there. It, is it it's, a money maker because it involves around money make? Never mind. <laughs>
2: Um, I'm going to try to catch the two o'clock game. Christine and I are going out for an early Valentine's Day dinner on Saturday because of what next weekend is. So we're going to go out and celebrate Valentine's Day early. We're going out on Saturday night for our Valentine's dinner, so I won't be able to catch the five o'clock game. However, I'm going to try to catch at least part, if not all, of the two o'clock game. I'm willing to give it the same chance that I was willing to give the AAF. And I actually thought the quality of play in the AAF was pretty good. It's just unfortunate they didn't have the backing in order to sustain it long term. Mm-hmm.
0: Completely agree. The, the, the
2: main difference is, though, is I think that the XFL at least presently has the financial backing yes. to sustain it as long as, as long as they can maintain the corporate partnerships that they have with ESPN, Fox, and, and well, I guess ESPN and Fox, but, well, no, NBC as well because ESPN has games on ABC as well, and then games on ESPN 3. As long as they have a place to put the games where people will watch, and as I understand it, they're not actually getting any licensing fees from these games, but they are getting the production costs paid, which is going to help take some of the stress off of the McMahon family in regards to the the uh, bottom line of the XFL. I think that there is a potential for this league to survive multiple seasons if the quality of play on the field can live up to the quality of play that was shown by a league such as the AAF last year at this time.
3: I think, and, and maybe this is just my bias and my thoughts on things, but correct me if I'm wrong, there has never really been a spring football league that has really been able to maintain the ratings beyond the first week or two. Because, and and I think there's a reason why, in spite of all of, you know, in spite of everyone saying, oh, America is football first, football first, football first. Yes, that may be true for a portion of the population, but a lot of fans, a lot of sports fans, they've grown accustomed to having seasons, Fall is football. Fall and winter is football. After February, either A, you're you know a basketball fan and you're completely focused on basketball until summer. Or you're like myself and February, you're starting to get ready for pitchers and catchers. Spring training. You're thinking about a completely different sport. Football season is over. You're on to another sport.
0: Fisco or words? Yes. United States Football League. Okay, fair
3: enough.
2: I feel like there's potential to be successful if they can find the right quality of play. Jason... We talked um, when we were doing the show last year at this time and the AAF was about to launch that there would be potential for three major leagues to be active in the United States of America at the same time. Obviously, the AAF is not sustainable However, do you think that the fans of professional football in the, in the United States and perhaps abroad through overseas contracts will be able to sustain a second league full-time here in the U.S.?
1: I think they will. I think I would have done a... Uh, a different launch. Uh, I think I would have launched the uh, first Saturday in April. Reason being, uh, well, well, I don't know if it's the first Saturday in April this year. We'll go second Saturday in April to be on the safe side, uh, because launching in February, you you do run into the you do run into the burnout effect of. People seeing football for the past, you know, you you get the the potential burnout. You do want to switch it up. And then once March hits, the most popular thing in March is college basketball. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would want to avoid that. But as soon as the national championship game in college basketball hit, I I would be all over uh, launching the league. I do think that um yeah, I do think that it is sustainable uh with the right timing because once you get into your full swing, uh yeah you will be going up against baseball and a little bit of hockey, but you also have the ability to get that start getting that buzz for the n f l season right around the draft, and it gives players that went undrafted the opportunity to join the league as free agents. Well, that's funny
2: that you mentioned that, actually, because the current schedule right now actually has the championship game of the XFL played the day after the last day of the NFL draft.
0: Hmm. See, My, I, I, I... I'm kind of because of piggybacking off of Jason's points. Number one, you wouldn't directly be going up against the national championship. Your only risk would be the Final Four. Because the national championship game is played right around the first Monday in April it. for the record for the record, the final four is April sixth okay, so number two, going back to another league that believe it or not, also sustained their ratings after the first week and kept going for multiple seasons. I reference the Arena Football League most of the time. They filled that void post Super Bowl. They waited. They waited. Then right around April ish, they kicked off. So then right around July, right before the NFL preseason, they had the Arena Bowl. What happened when NBC made the big one of the big four networks came in and they said, hey, We're going to market for you right after the Super Bowl. What does everybody remember? One of the main things about the AFL, the glory days were the NBC year. I don't think the timing is problematic at all. You're not necessarily getting that burnout, but this at the same time fills right that sweet spot because when this ends, especially if you're not a CFL fan, you've got that. Okay. I don't have to pay attention to OTAs or anything else. I can look at some of these prospects as training camp goes. Then you get that downtime, three hard knocks, then leading into the preseason. Well, actually, it's funny that you mentioned the uh, the
2: NFL draft and the downtime here because there's actually a player in the x and the xfl that's using this as kind of a precursory opportunity for the nfl draft if that makes sense Hmm. (laughs) and it has something to do with uh jason's team of choice in west virginia you have you seen the story as well eric i don't think i've seen this particular story Jason, do you know what I'm referring to? Because I gotta
1: find the kid's name in order to actually describe it. Uh, actually, I do not. Um, this is the first time I've heard of it, which I mean I haven't been able to follow up on a lot of stories lately. But yeah, I mean I haven't seen it on any any blogs or anything that I keep up with with, with uh West Virginia players. All right, let me
2: uh, give me a second. Um one of you guys suggest a topic and the other two touch on it. I'll touch on it as soon as I come back. Give me a second to look this up so that way I can find the correct name, so that way I, I can explain the story in question.
0: Okay. I'll... I want down the road the how many rules that the NFL will adopt from the XFL. Well,
3: that was going to be the... my question, was what do you guys think of the rules and do you think that they will be successful or do you think they're going to basically – turn football too weird to where fans will be turned off by it
0: some of them i like some of them i will say and i'm just going to be out and out i don't like how little the xfl is for the brand i get the extra points i like what they're doing on kickoff but do you really gotta disrespect honors like that. Yeah, that's the Come one
3: on. that I that I absolutely despise because whether it's in a real game or especially in my case in Madden, the coffin corner kick is one of those rare art forms that I just love to see be executed properly in a football yes. game
0: because it adds that extra element especially if you've got a top level defense hey you're giving them an advantage see if they can score a safety
3: exactly yeah i've always liked that yep. so it's going to be it's going to be weird not like you're going to be seeing a lot more going on going for it on fourth down and all of this, I just think it's just going to completely change the game to where it's going to be unrecognizable.
0: Yeah, just like I saw the different changes in mentality and strategy in arena football towards the end, I didn't really like that. I am not going to be a big fan of some of this, but I'm willing to give it a benefit of the doubt. Mm -hmm. And also, especially Harry can answer this when he gets back. Would it be... Would it be the worst idea, not really even for next week, but for afterward, if I go ahead and spitball to the audience some of the crazy ideas I've had for football and for different sports? I know we've had discussions, but I'm like, okay, I need to let the masses know (laughs) and potentially capitalize off of it if I'm right. All right, A.
2: Next week is the year-end awards. I don't know if we'll have time to do anything beyond those next week, just because I expect with the various awards that we're going to discuss that they they might run a little bit on the lengthier side.
0: Oh, yeah, I know. I'm not even saying next week. I'm saying even if we can mean at any point after next week.
2: That's something that we'll have to discuss off-air in order to set up, and yeah. we'll get to it then. Fair enough?
3: Fair enough. Fair. Jason. Yeah. Yeah
2: the name Kenny Robinson mean anything to you?
1: That's on Man Robinson's boy.
2: Thanks. <laughs> Helpful. <laughs> the most recent member of the Mountaineers to land in the XFL is Kenny Robinson. And I'll have to include this link to you, Brandon, so that way you can put the article okay. in the show description because I'm reading it from the article here. Who was essentially dismissed from the team but threw his name into the transfer portal. Although he received calls from multiple schools, nothing ever progressed, allowing him to choose the XFL route earlier this year. Earlier this month, Robinson was deemed eligible for the 2020 NFL draft. This is something we kind of talked about when these two leagues were originally announced last year. Do you think that we will see a more prolific amount of players now choosing to forego college eligibility and play in a pro-style league such as the XFL – rather than staying in college. Well, I understand I understand that the money's not going to be great in the XFL. Like, low end, the low-end, high the high-end contracts in the XFL, like the quarterback contracts are like half a million dollars, I believe I read somewhere.
3: Like, mm-hmm. It's like
2: the high-end high contracts. Oh, so, no. But do you think that the opportunity to get paid professionally and to put tape out there on yourselves in a professional setting will be enough of a draw to influence potentially people leaving college early. Bisco, you were about to respond before I expanded.
3: Well, the one question I was going to ask was, I'm assuming the XFL has no rules about eligibility or anything like that? Or do they? All
0: they, all they have released thus far is that they do not have plans to follow the NFL's eligibility model everything else is open to interpretation but nothing concrete so cons- which seem? go ahead Harry. which would seem which would seemingly mean that players
2: that are maybe not college eligible due to grades might be able to go to the xfl
3: instead yeah so considering that and considering the xfl is leaving it wide open especially if they start to become successful and they start to continue to expand and con- and they start you know making some money off of it i could easily see a kid even potentially coming out of high school whose family is struggling saying i'd rather go into the xfl draft And not only that, but, well, the the timing wouldn't be quite as right. Well, not necessarily, because some kids are able— I don't know exactly how this works on this end, but there are some kids that enroll into college and start college early in January in order to be able to play in spring games. So, if theoretically a high school player could graduate early, he could theoretically go straight into the XFL come February and start playing right out of high school.
2: Jason, your thoughts on the potential for players to <coughs> forego college altogether to join XFL to take it to such a <laughs>
1: I think you have a serious problem with that um if you if you're trying to go into straight into the XFL um I understand you know having the the opportunity there but you also have to have the mentality there
3: um oh I agree I'm not uh, saying that it's going to be it's going to make them them successful but think about the the type of People that are, you know, predominantly playing in college and playing in the NFL, you know, we see it in basketball all the time, especially pre, uh, you know, before the NCAA rules. And we even see it now with, you know, the, the G League and with overseas, these kids from poor, you know, families would rather be making money right away than having to go to school. Um, yes, but also
1: uh you you have to um, you have to have some responsibility uh and the league has to take some responsibility over I... the fact that you have um you still have kids. Uh for you know, just going back, uh for every LeBron and Kobe mm-hmm you have a failure. You have quite a few failures. Oh um, no, I'm and and that was that was an issue when that the NFL stood by because physically and mentally you're not ready for that kind of level of play. Um with that being said, I, I think that if if a player went straight into the XFL, suffered a career-ending injury, that's a massive lawsuit because, uh, I mean, it's it's a liability in itself.
3: I'm sure, you know, this is Vince McMahon we're talking about. I'm sure he would have some sort of, uh, you know, part of that contract that would forbid them from suing if anything were to happen.
2: Or at least some kind of term set into the contract that if you were to suffer any kind of life altering injury, that you accept such and such of a
3: settlement rather than attempting, attempting to cash in on it. Exactly. So, and, Uh, and along the same lines, you know, yes, I agree with you in principle that that's what they should do. But, again, this is Vince McMahon we're talking about. You know, while... Well, we've never really seen it in, the, in football. So I don't know how well it would work in football. But as we saw in basketball with guys like LeBron like Garnett reason you co- haven't, coming you, there's in.
1: There's a reason you haven't seen it in football is because the NFL has a
3: 23-year-old uh, no, rule. No, I understand that. But what I was going to say was, I think if Vince saw dollar signs by a you know number one overall recruit out of high school who makes a big name for himself, becomes a, a big deal... As a result of ESPN and high school athletics are being covered more and more now. So there is that potential to get a LeBron type situation where he comes out of high school being a household name already. And if he wants to go straight to the XFL to make a name for himself in the pros and make some money for himself and for his family. I'm sure Vince McMahon would see dollar signs and say, Come on in. See, there's a big problem I have with that, and
1: that I do that we have.
2: Go ahead and state your point, Jason. Then I'm going to chime in as well because I actually have a problem with that as well.
1: Because, one, do you really think that a player that is quote unquote a superstar athlete would rather go to the XFL over to a premier college team? such as an Alabama, a Miami, a Florida, an Ohio State, where they can actually improve their stock to make millions of dollars and be an elite athlete, or would they settle for making a far less payday, giving up at eligibility, and playing in a league that has far more lax rules? Where their injury, where their career could be cut much shorter.
3: You are probably right. Alabama probably would pay them more.
1: And also, do you really think the NFL will accept another player from a rival league, a quote unquote rival league, and owners would draft a player from that league? see I think that there's potential
2: for players to do well enough in the XFL that they get an opportunity in the NFL I don't necessarily know that you'll see players from the XFL drafted into the NFL especially given how the respective seasons align let me ask you guys this in regards to that because one of the things that Jason brought up was the physical maturity of a person going from high school into the XFL here and I think that's the biggest concern I think that if I'm Vince McMahon, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to minimize as much of the risk as possible when it comes to a situation like this here. And one of the ways that I do that is I kind of set up a similar rule to that of the NFL. Nobody under the age of 20 is allowed anywhere near my league. So that way they have a chance to grow up and grow into being an actual full-sized adult male before they're getting hit by guys that are in some cases twice their size. See, Jason, oh, okay. real, real quick, yeah. real quick, Bisco, because you've been kind of you and Jason have been kind of dominating this com- yeah. part of the conversation. I want to get Eric's thoughts on this here. Eric, realistically speaking here, do you think that there is a place for the high school phenom athlete to want to take the opportunity to skip straight to playing in a professional league here? And do you think it's in the best interest of a promotion such of the league such as the XFL to stop them from doing so or to allow them to do so?
0: I am going to say no, and I've got a few reasons why. And for the XFL, it would be their best interest to stop them. Because, number one, as has been pointed out, the NFL, three years after your high school class graduate that's for a reason. Yes, you talked about a LeBron, a Kobe, a Kevin Garnett. Fine. Even with guys like your one-and-done guys like Zion okay, you would have at 18, 19 NBA bodies, all you have to do is just have endurance from going to a 30 or 40 game season to an 82 game season. And with all of the changes in even the NBA style, it's not as physical. You do have more nutritionists and things like that it would make that transition easier. You don't have high school football players with NFL or even XFL bodies. I only know of really one person. I forget his name. Charlton County, Georgia, high school, 2011. He was a senior that year. I will go into a very interesting story off air of why this particular game, that particular day, comes into play in my memory. But there was this one lineman, or number 68. As a high schooler, 6'8", 4'29". You could argue, yes, at 18, had a professional football body. But how rare is that? How many times have we seen from people even... Going and graduating high school to by the time they 're drafted, their body evolved, even in cases like a Lamar Jackson, their body they evolve their bodies after they get into the NFL that is just a sheer necessity that cannot be underestimated and if you 're talking about this from the college angle. The Power Five schools as they continue to consolidate, get this transfer portal, change the rules like the Big Ten is trying to do with this transfer portal, they would not lose out. They could still be recruited, especially as the name, image, and likeness rules expand and the NCAA gets their head out of their ass and really does something about it. But for those in the group of five, division two, II, division three they would see the equivalent of more guys who are one and done, as you would get fewer scholarship. They could go ahead, take that time, play bulk up, then step up and go into the XFL, having a better adapted body. And then from the XFL, like the CFL, like the other leagues, someone from the NFL signs them, They've already got experience under their belt as a professional and off they go. But making that jump is a lot easier in the NBA because of the style of sport and the demand it takes on your body than it is in the NFL. And that will gap will never be bridged.
3: Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with what you guys are saying. I agree that it would be hard, if not impossible for someone to go straight from high school into a pro league. But what my thought is. Isn't so much whether it would be possible. Or, or smart for the player to do it. My thought is. Both the players may want to do it in order to make money. Now what you said right there Eric about the ncaa loosening the rules and the potential of players being paid by the by the schools themselves now and then being able to make money off of their likenesses in college may make this whole thing a moot point but at the current juncture you have these kids who are from very poor families who may very well say I'm going to take my chance, and it as long as the rules are the way they are currently, they may say, I want to take my chance and make my money now to help my family, and whatever happens, happens. Is it a smart move? No. But will it probably happen if the XFL does not close the loophole? Yes.
0: Well, I don't really think it would happen at this juncture because I've heard and seen players jumping from indoor and arena football saying, yeah, I made only a little bit in these leagues, but if I'm only making, you know, so much per game and it's only like a grand or two, which would would work out for a good portion of these players, it wouldn't even be worth the financial betterment. Because yes, 25 grand is better than nothing. But if you're looking for money to feed your family, you yeah, can't do that. Not on that little bit, not nowadays. <clears throat> At least not for any kind of extended
2: period of time. Jason, final thoughts on the subject before we move on.
1: Uh, I just think that, you know, um, you you also have to look at what these players – if the, if that did happen, how much you think these players are actually going to be offered? I mean, it's, it's ridiculous to even consider that they're going to come out with a high tier. You're going to probably be making – when you break it down, with all the work you have to put in, you're going to probably be making less than minimum wage. You could mm-hmm. go to McDonald's and probably make more money. And not have the wear and tear on your body.
2: All right, well, we'll obviously touch on this topic more and more as it becomes more and more relevant in terms of whether or not the XFL survives its opening season, but we do have the games this weekend to look forward to. Um, Anybody interested in doing XFL picks? Okay, maybe not for week one.
0: No. I've seen a pretty couple Mm. interesting lines, but I would not be too quick to hammer Dallas as the championship favorite? Just saying. I don't trust anything Dallas
2: related when it comes to football.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I, they have released odds for who would win Super Bowl LV. Oh, it's interesting. Very interesting.
2: Already up to 55 Super Bowls. <laughs> coming up on fifty-five Super Bowls. All right. Um, any other topics to touch on? while we're why we're doing the show right now?
0: Um, uh, the latest Antonio Brown thing or the Tom Brady madness? Uh, the Hulu thing with Tom Brady, the Hulu commercial during the Super Bowl, among others. Yes. All right. Well,
2: we actually didn't discuss that. Uh, our favorite Super Bowl commercial. Because I think we pretty much had a consensus here on the show as to which one was our favorite.
3: I don't know. I think I might have been the oddball out. I might have been different myself. I'm not sure. (laughs) Okay, then let's go ahead. Eric, what was your
2: favorite Super Bowl commercial?
0: Honestly, especially because of the different types of humanity I deal with on a regular basis, the Snickers commercial. That won me over in so many different ways.
3: Brandon Uh I think mine had to have been the uh, Rick and Morty one for Pringles. Yep. Jason The Old Man Google commercial.
2: So, I was the only one whose favorite one was the Bill Murray Jeep commercial with the groundhogs, day.
1: I like it. I thought that was that was my second favorite. But there was just something about that Google commercial that 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 hit me in the fields, and it reminded me of it reminded me of one of the old Bolt, uh, Budweiser commercials with the Clydesdales, and it, it got me in my fields. Bud. No, nah, er, I was I I was thinking more of the Clydesdales, not I, the I, damn. I, re- uh. That was a bub. And that was a Bud Light commercial too, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. No, it
2: well it originated as a Budweiser commercial, and then they moved to Bud Light in later years. No, my
1: favorite Clydes
2: my favorite Clydesdale commercial is still the one where they're playing football, and then the zebra is a referee.
0: <laughs> that <laughs> referee's a jackass. No, actually, the and...
2: zebra.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I remember the law. Is that this? Is is that the same one that the uh, sheep comes out and uh, it streaks? I believe yes. so. Yes. Yeah. yeah was, that was, was, was that one, and the ninety, the one, the one, the nine eleven one that only aired once was probably my my favorite Budweiser yeah, now, commercials.
2: Now I want to go on YouTube and find the zebra referee commercial. <laughs> all right, Eric, lead us down the road that is TB twelve.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, as we all know. A certain old Ugg boot wearing hoodoo advertising fuck is finally a free agent. whoop de doo A certain old man who's after my heart, especially with Florida massage parlors, is willing to pay said old fuck $30 million a year to stay at a team and be coached by an always either grumpy-looking or constipated-looking man who wears cut-off hoodies. Said man who wears cut-off hoodies said he would prefer said old fuck to remain with said team. Other teams have been making plays for the old fuck. So, with all of this madness, I ask of thee, where do you think said old fuck goes? I think he says New if I haven't pissed anybody off, then I really was off my game in that introduction.
3: I uh, Brandon,
2: Brandon, I'll ask you first. Where to set old fuck land?
3: I don't see him moving anywhere. I don't see him going anywhere. He's going to stay in New England. Jason? Uh, uh, yeah, I don't see He's not going anywhere. Uh, Kraft,
1: Kraft will pay him whatever it takes to keep him. I think Brady will retire as a Patriot uh, and then move to a front office job.
3: Eric?
0: Personally, I narrow it down to really two more realistic options because there's an old Southern man who has investment with a team that should not have moved but did. There are business transactions. Team that should not have moved but did share stadium with old not-Southern man. Old not-Southern man and old Southern man are friends. There is money to be had. With that, the two realistic possibilities in my mind, he stays with the hoodie or he goes to the L.A. team that should be in San Diego. If, however, you go down the rabbit hole like I do, it would be stupid for one team, extremely beneficial for the other, but there's a wild card that I'm probably one of only a handful of people that are talking about, especially given visceral reactions after the Super Bowl. How? I'm not even going to say... Oh, go ahead, Harry. <laughs>
2: I was going to say I have an opinion as to where he lands, but did you give an official answer on that? Because it seemed like a giant
0: runaround. Well, the reason why I say I personally does think he moves because of a variety I do as well. of well to L.A., but there's a wild card that I would think would create total and utter havoc and would make everybody flip their shit, but I will reveal that later. Um.
2: I also think that he's going to end up a Los Angeles Charger, Mm -hmm. especially in the wake that the Chargers are moving on from Mr. Rivers. Welcome to. (laughs) Philip. And I think I know your wild card. I think
3: I do as well. Okay. Is it. Las
2: Vegas with the Raiders?
3: No. Is it one. Southern Florida team that the Super Bowl was just hosted by? No. He, he ain't was...
2: playing fucking Tampa Bay. No,
3: I said Not... my, I was talking about Miami. Yes,
0: no. Harry, we're actually closer with Vegas. So, what, Denver to play for LA?
3: No, 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 no. Are you talking about. No, it couldn't be Dallas, no. No, that w- that's been that mentioned, but that would be too obvious. That would be funny <laughs> as fuck, though.
2: Fuck, that would be Jerry. That would be the ultimate Jerry Jones. Fuck you to Dak Prescott. Are you oh, talking about
0: Arizona? Think, think of something. I can think of something that's even funnier. Is it Arizona? No, funnier, yeah. but it would be miserable for one franchise. You're in your warmer. You're in the right division. Are you talking about San Francisco? Yes. Oh, my God. Oh. Hear me out. I know the reason why I'm filing this in the, boy, would this be interesting Is all hell, but absolutely chaotic situation. Mm -hmm. And it would take a lot of things to happen. Number one, there would be something to where... If people really get their wish and get rid of Jimmy G, which would be absolutely stupid, Jimmy G comes home to New England.
3: Oh, that would be even funnier.
0: Belichick gets his man. Brady heads out west to San Francisco. And in an extra fuck you move, as it was originally one of the things that would have been talked about, and knowing Belichick's recent history with receivers, what if one certain OBJ all of a sudden decides, holy hell, look at what's going on in New England. I'm not a championship anywhere else. Ring ring, ring ring. Literally won um, a ring
2: ring.
3: Yes. And he basically I, 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 becomes the new I, 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 Randy Moss or uh, Ocho Cinco.
0: Yes. He would get his ring, but with Garoppolo, already knowing the system, already with Josh McDaniels, that team would stay a contender and potentially continue the dynasty as long as Belichick side decides to stick around. The reason it would be chaotic in San Francisco, <laughs> one, Brady would not be wearing the number 12. John Brody would come up and pimp slap him, and I would see it. Number two, they would be in an even deeper quarterback quandary because if Jimmy G stays right now, you know you've got him locked in through the rest of his contract. Possibly one other one is he's only 28. You've got Brady, you're going to still be looking for another guy in the draft, mm-hmm. and you're going to be on in a couple of years. But even bigger thing, how would Kyle Shanahan feel
3: knowing that he's staring 28-3 right in the face every day? Well, would it be even funnier if that did happen? I highly doubt this does happen. But if it did, I would love to see them both get into the Super Bowl and Jimmy G basically bitch-slapping Brady saying... You want to try to, you know, get me out of your hair? I'm going to beat you now.
0: Oh, oh, and even better. I know Gronk is about to file his paperwork, but say that they go a different route, but instead of Gronk coming back as a tight end, he comes back as more of a wide receiver. Hmm. J- Jimmy G would be like, hey, remember us." Yeah, that number ten don't look as good as on you, and does it, bitch? Do this.
2: All right, Jason, you've been kind of quiet here. It, let's say, let's say hypothetically, our Brady does leave New England. What would you say would be the most likely landing place for him?
1: <sighs> Tampa Bay. I think he would. I think um, to go down there that would be uh Arian's wet dream and not wanna go out not gonna mention that, you know, my hometown well, my current city ties to Tampa Bay. Um you give him that receiving core down there, uh and you get a, and they can concentrate just on defense with Arians at the helm. Tampa Bay looks hella scary. Or I'm going to throw this out there. I'm going to pivot and say what would happen if you seen Brady land in Carolina and have a superb running back that he's really never had, that's a amazing pass catcher, that he could build a hell of a repertoire with, uh, and you put him in Carolina with, and they end up in a in a weaker division because it's pretty much the Saints' division. You throw Brady on Carolina, let them build around the defense. I, I think that that's a possibility. I don't see him going out of L.A. I think, and honestly, I think if Brady was to leave New England, Belichick would leave as well. You would see the emergence of uh, McDaniels uh promotion to head coach and you would see him scrapping a lot of the because what craft likes to do and this has been noted and i'm surprised it hasn't happened to brady once players get a certain age Kraft doesn't like to hold them he likes to get rid of them. he likes to to put them out the pasture to other teams and why they have value that's
0: what Brady's the exception,
1: exception. That's more Belichick than Kraft. So I, I would I would not mind seeing uh, Brady end up in the um, in the NFC South because uh, that would that would be fun because if Bruce, seeing uh, Brady versus Brees twice a year would be Especially given the fact that there's
2: probably only at least, I would say tops two or three years left in Drew Brees' career.
0: Agreed. And 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 everybody that's even hinting around at Indianapolis,
1: shut your face for a thousand reasons. <laughs> I don't think he goes to Denver. No, that's just. But I mean, <laughs> I think I think he would want to go. And I mean, hell, a lot of people go to Florida to retire anyway, so Tampa Bay would kind of work out for him. I mean. <laughs>
0: I mean, he's not wrong. We're called God's Waiting Room for a damn reason.
1: You know, it'd be hella funny. What if he ended up in Jacksonville? <laughs> I think Eric's dead. You just killed Eric. I hope you're happy. You yeah, just killed I mean, Eric. I, no, I Is- mean. Realistically, if w- what if he's ended up in Jacksonville? We know yeah. the money. The money they they could pay him. No, a we could Trust me, they would okay. find a I way d- to pay him.
0: I no, don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. Have you seen the numbers on Nick Foles? Have you seen how cheap and inept? This front office is no, we can't.
1: <laughs> okay, are you saying are you saying that if if the front office had a chance to sign Brady, they would be like, oh no, we don't want to. Yes, yes. I am saying absolutely
2: that. saying that. That front would, office, the Jacksonville front office,
1: and their notorious cheapness. Yes, I would Again, bet. Cheapness. You, and I would cheapness you. And- you I would, I would bet you two gallons of purple drink and a and a vine sweet uh, watermelon that they would they would make a run at him. Throw in an eighth and you've got a deal. (laughs) I'll throw in a family packet from KFC. No, can Can
0: you do do Popeyes, especially with that spicy chicken sandwich? Uh, I'd say
2: the views and opinions of Eric Watkins and Jason Teasley don't represent the w Network, but now that we're associated with Rattledge, yeah, they kind of do. Son of a bitch. <laughs> All
1: right. You uh, had one this, more? this shows we're a hell of a lot longer than what we
3: expected. <laughs> yeah, really.
2: Well, we got into discussing some news and notes from around the league. Eric, you had one other thing that you wanted to touch on Did you still want to hit it, or do you think we can pull the plug here at about an hour and a half?
0: I'll pull the plug. We've had enough of A.B. apologizing.
2: So what you're saying is, so what you're saying is, much like God's waiting room, we too were pulling the plug?
0: Yeah. And now I'm
3: going to hell with those two. (laughs) Enjoy the ride, because it's going to be swell.
0: I'm driving the bus, so take that for what it's worth. And we're going to get pulled over on our way. (laughs)
2: damn it some, Harry family
0: show is there such a thing as white and dirty on the way to hell because I mean wouldn't that just defeat the purpose
1: <laughs> Nah, I that would just be my balls
2: okay that's as much of that song as I can quote without getting sued. Eric where can people find you online
0: uh, at Squid Sports Head on Twitter. Uh, other plans that I've got in the works. And then all throughout this network, you've got the up and coming Black Irish podcast. Soccer to the Max will be returning later this month. And as always, if you're willing to undergo a vetting process, slide into my DMs, we will talk, and you can gain access to my dark Twitter, Snapchat, and Telegram. And boy, hell, that Telegram. I'm telling you.
2: I'm, I'm feeling like his Snapchat is going to be premium soon. Just saying.
0: Jason, where can people I'm find
2: you on Snapchat?
1: What? But... <clears throat> well, I mean, you could find me at turkeyglue 822 on Twitter, where I will probably tell you to go fuck yourself, unless it involves fantasy football. Um... As I mentioned, you know, the forthcoming Black Irish podcast uh, that is will be debuting sometime in the near future once we get everything lined out and get a recording schedule and everything. And um, usually for the next day or two, you can find me on my fat ass, watch TV uh, in my living room. Hey, Jason, I need to congratulate You you before we get out of here. You know why? Because... Is it three years in a row?
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I haven't mentioned that yet. I'll do that at the end. But no, that wasn't what I was referring to. What I was actually referring oh, okay. to. Is fact, what I was actually referring to is the fact that you finally found somebody from this podcast to do another show with you. Wouldn't oh, you know yeah. What
1: that feels like. <laughs> yeah. But and actually, and and you know what? There might be some fantasy football talk on that one.
2: Brandon, where can people find you online?
3: They can find me online on Twitter at Bisco <laughs> underscore <laughs> Gotham SN. And uh, for the North Merrill Beach Chiefs Sports Network at North and yes. NMB Chiefs online on Twitter and on SHN Sports on YouTube. So be sure to check out uh, the game on Friday as it's a big rivalry game. What time do you guys tip off tomorrow? Uh, girls tip off at 6 boys
2: at 7:30. Okay, 7:30 that's right before smackdown. That's going to be cutting it kind of close.
3: Yeah.
1: maybe They'll check out. Now, like, do the- you have a live stream that you know like we could send messages in cuz that would be like
3: really interesting to have us three pop into a uh, live stream no. as, as you're doing a show. Oh,
1: technically so
3: Technically yes, but um I never go on it because I'm broadcasting the game, so.
1: So, so we, we, we could just go on there and talk shit about you. And be like, man, this is uh, nats are fucking sucks.
2: God. And you didn't have eat until the game was over. Absolutely, yes, facts. No. There we go. H e b the eagle. <laughs> Don't
1: give me any ideas. H
2: e b the eagle on Twitter. H e b the eagle on Instagram. Although I barely use either of them. Harry Broadhurst on Facebook. Make sure you guys check me out on there. Talk sports, wrestling, you know, video games. I'm starting to play more video games. I did. I'm working on getting my Xbox One set up, and pretty soon, uh, once I do that, I'm totally downloading Rocket League. So if anybody wants to come at me and get a game of Rocket League in, let me know, and we'll set it up, too. I, um, I still he, need
3: to try he, that. He I've been meaning to try that, to that game. game.
2: Okay, hmm. try that again, Eric, because visco
0: cuts you off. You're sounding a lot like an executive producer around here that we know. I'm just starting to get into them, and it, it's not like...
2: It's only like Christine tells me what I can and can't podcast.
1: You stole my thunder. <laughs> hey, sorry. But, sorry. But, but you know what? You know what? Also, we won't be having live from Niagara Falls with Christine in the background. Unless. Nope. Nope. Shut the hell up, Eric. No.
2: Not even <laughs> going down that. Not even entertaining that line of thought. Real quick before we get out of here, Jason ten oh. correct, Eric nine correct, Brandon eight correct. I got six on the Super Bowl prediction pool. So Jason wins for the second year in a row. Is it the second or third? I mean second. We didn't do one the first year. We didn't do like a full setup like we did for last year's.
1: Because the first the first year was was the uh was the emergence of ginger Thomas.
0: Yeah, but then again, at the same time, who actually picked the winner in something resembling the score? I picked the winner, yes, and
1: yes, I picked yes. the winner, the MVP, and the and the key player of the game. When you guys told me I was ridiculous and asked me who it was for the second second time since I've joined this podcast, technically none of us picked Mahomes as the
2: MVP. So, Nah. you got screwed on MVP though, because it really should have been Damian Williams. True. Uh, yeah. All right. You've been listening to the kickoff. We are a presentation of the W2M Network. You can find us online at W2Mnet.com as well on all, as well on all of your favorite podcast listening services such as iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spreaker,
1: Podbeam, Castbox.
2: Hey, Brandon, guess what? Spotify is here.
1: Domestic and domestic it, violence it, it, is bad. Still dick. You guys are all talking over each other and jumping
2: on my line. You know what? Glacier's still a dick, too. How about that? Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys next week with our year-end awards here on the kickoff on the w 2 Web Network.